What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Breakdown Breakdown, NBA Trade Deadline Edition. I'm here with my co-host, Hunter. Hunter, how are you doing? I'm recovering, Clemente. That was the most insane deadline in I don't know how long. No, yeah, 100%. I mean, is Kevin Durant the biggest name to ever get traded in a trade deadline? It might might be. I mean, oh, I don't know what you can compare it to. I think the last time I was like, holy, like, Marcus Cousins getting traded to New Orleans, probably. That's like the last time I was this, like, taken aback. All right, that's like a, a ton of tears below. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it has to be. KD is number one. Yeah, so that kind of damp- puts damper on the on the pipe dream of KD having the sort book ending and coming back to OKC. I, if I wasn't, it was, it was never going to happen. But like, <laughs> it was it was still nice to dream about. I know me and Yosef are are are, are having a hard time dealing with that. <laughs> well, hey, the dream will be alive again in twenty twenty six. So hey, don't don't lose hope yet. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, maybe uh, Durant in 2026, when he's going to be like, what, 37, 38, something like that. Maybe Durant can provide some shooting off the bench like Mike Muscala will for the Celtics. Oh, my God. What Excellent segue, but geez, Clemente. It really hitting deep right now. Yeah, I mean, just like Sam hit deep in his back with the draft pick acquisition. <laughs> Who's more yeah, on fire, Deadline or Clemente? Because these segues are getting out of control now. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, Michael Scala, uh, the funder, uh, had a pretty busy deadline, um, relatively speaking. They had a couple of trades. Um, one, not so surprising, there is Baisley. I think we all kind of figure out, figure he's going to get traded or one way or another. Um, and then my Muscala, I mean, I, I'm a little bit surprised with the Muscala trading, if I'm being honest, especially considering the fact that the funder probably could have gotten a package like this, or maybe even better, <laughs> the last couple of seasons, and it decided not to. In fact, they did the complete opposite and decided to resign Muscala this past offseason. So I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what changed with the timing and all that. Um, maybe a situation where Mike wanted to go out and compete for a championship, and, and he knew that his minutes were probably going to be uh, reduced because of guys like Jay Will and then Jeremiah and and um, Uzman whenever they come back from from injury um, or from the blue. I mean. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, Mike Muscala got shipped off to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Justin Jackson, who played for the Thunder in 2020-21, um, and two second-round picks. Um, and according to the Boston Globe, uh, the two second-round picks, one is going to be the worst of the two second-round picks that the Celtics own this upcoming draft. Um, and considering that they own the Rockets' second-round pick, I'm assuming it's going to be their own, which means it's probably going to be in the 50s. And the and their twenty twenty nine second round pick, which is which could actually be valuable down the road, because um, in twenty twenty nine, I know it's like oh, so far ahead, but like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to be in their thirties, and like who knows they're on the team by then and all this other stuff. So the 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 uncertainty is probably the most intriguing part about that pick. Um, and then Ian Bigley, um reported that the Thunder are going to waive Jackson at two, so that's going to open up a roster spot. Um, but, yeah, this was the first trade the Thunder made. I think it happened pretty early in the morning. Uh, just give me your thoughts on the deal. Yeah, like you said, when Mike got traded, that completely shocked me. I'm not going to lie. Like like you said, I'm not going to lie there. That really caught me off guard. But, you know, I mean, you got to wonder. I mean, it's not entirely because of Jalen Williams playing out of his mind recently, but uh, you got to think that the emergence of Jay Will definitely played a role in uh, Mike probably rethinking everything, but especially minutes wise. Like you said, Jerry's coming back. Poku will be coming back eventually, too. Usman is getting back into the rotation. So, I mean, just all that factoring in, and not only that, but Mike Muscala is also on a uh, expiring deal, which was like he had an option as well for the coming next year, but. I mean, the writing was pretty much on the wall for Mike Muscala in Oklahoma City. But, I mean, I was personally, I was shocked that we re-signed them in the first place last offseason. So, I mean, uh, a strange year altogether. But, Mike, hey, he was productive whenever uh, all the big guys were out because he's been – he shot lights out pretty much. He played some great basketball, some underrated defense as well from him. So, 
Yeah, I mean, just giving Mike the opportunity to play for somebody where he can have a chance to get a ring. I mean, you take that, you know, any day of the week. But also, this trade uh, can't happen without Mike Muscala, you know, saying so. He has like a, a clause where he, you know, he decides where he goes. So this was obviously worked out between Mike and Presti and Boston, all that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is just another example of Presti making players happy and, you know, pretty much helping them get where they want to go. Uh, this is, man, I mean, Presti must love dealing with Boston, by the way, because this is like the, I mean, <laughs> the whole Warford stuff and everything. I mean, yeah, there's just a pretty decent pipeline of players getting switched between uh, Boston and Oklahoma City. So, yeah, I, I hope nothing for the best for Mike. I didn't expect him to get traded at the deadline, uh, but it, it's pretty important to get him off the, the team. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> Mike, uh, Mike's older, obviously. Uh, he's not part of the future. If he was a part of the future, he would have got a Kenrich-type deal, which he didn't. Uh, so this opens up a roster spot. Uh, we need these roster spots for next year because they're going to the 2023 draft. We need all the roster spots we can to sign the rookies uh, that are coming in next year. And that also plays into the Darius Baisley trade as well, opening another spot for a rookie as well. So, yeah, it's just essential for a deal like this. And you don't let Mike Muscala go in free agency for nothing. Uh, obviously, they're not like... I mean, that that one uh, second rounder is not the greatest, one of the worst of uh, the Celtics had, but the other one, 2029, like you said, uh, that obviously better, and it's not going to make any impact right now, but, you know, stashed away for way later. for It's going to be used for something. Second rounders, we're going like candy in this uh, trade deadline. Yeah. I've never seen more five second round picks trade <laughs> deadline than today, but, you know, uh, it was just a wild day altogether. So, yeah, my getting traded shocked me a little bit, but it, there's tons of things that make sense in this. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if you just paid attention to Thunder, you could see that there's there was a lot of writing on the wall that this relationship was going to end sometime soon. But overall, thanks, Mike Muscala, really. I mean, he he was a, nothing but a professional while he was here. I mean, he he did wonders for the young guys here. I mean, even Chet, a fellow Minnesotan as well as Mike Muscala, they got along really well, too. So, yeah, great mentorship from Mike. He did nothing but great things ever since he got here in 2019. So, yeah, I mean, you couldn't really ask more from a bit. So, I mean, I really appreciate his time here. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Mike's great. I mean, he's probably like one of my favorite players to talk to with the media. Um, super nice guy. He always gives great answers. Um, it was pretty obvious that the team loved him for sure. Like he was a great, like you said, great presence in the locker room. Um, so in, ter- in terms of that aspect, it, 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 it sucks. But from an objective point of view, I feel like, you know, this is a pretty decent trade. I mean, uh, I think the funder got market value from Muscala. Maybe they could have got could have gotten a little bit more um in previous deadlines. But like overall, um what what the funder got back from Muscala is pretty is pretty respectable. Um which oops, I know I know he hasn't been getting a ton of attention because you know KC has been like one of the worst teams in the last couple of years and they're a small market team and all this other stuff. But I mean he shot nearly forty percent from three on four attempts in his four seasons here, which is wild for for someone off, for a big man off the bench. Um, so, I, I don't really think the the national audience really understands just how great of a shooter Muscala has been with the Thunder. Um, but like, yeah, he's he's not your. I don't think he's like your run in the mill stretch big. I think he's probably a little bit above that. But like, yeah, he's a great addition for the Celtics. Um, great outside shooter. Uh, I think he. he Considering his limitations, I think he's a pretty good defender. Um, it's not like, you know, teams are attacking him and trying to find switches between their guards and Muscala at the perimeter all the time either. Um, I think Muscala can hold his own inside the paint. I think Muscala can decently just defend the perimeter. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, great deal for Mike. Decent deal for the Thunder. Great deal for the Celtics. They got, they got like, a great player. Um We'll see how many minutes he can play. I know he had a little bit of an ankle issue these last couple of seasons. You have to wonder how much of that affects him playing just 14 minutes a game these last two seasons. Um, but, like, yeah, solid deal overall. Um, like you said, it opens up a ton of minutes for guys like Jay Will, Jeremiah, Uzman for the rest of the season. Um, but, yeah, those it's a decent deal overall. Yeah, and uh, you know, like like you said, he could have gone for probably a lot more in the past. Like you know, I mean, obviously there might have been talks of going to the Lakers for like probably better picks, regardless. But 
I'm obviously glad that he didn't go into like a, a, a you know, a, a Lakers tra- uh, spit in, spit out machine over there. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm glad that Mike's in a great position and a great team that is really poised to, to make one hell of a run in the playoffs and potentially win a championship. So like you said, it just it monumentous help for the Celtics. I mean, he stretches the floor so much and, Ah man, he he'll work well alongside Tatum and Brown. He he's fills the 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 front court with Al Horford and the time with Robert Williams there. So, yeah, just overall great. It's a tremendous deal for the Celtics and uh, you know Thunder getting off a contract, opening up a roster spot. And uh, you you know to your point about the three point shooting too for Mike Muscala. I mean, I think even you know Ben Kreider, a good friend of ours at Thunder Sticks, by the way, at the podcast there. Follow his work, everything. Great guy. Uh, Mike ranks in like the top four, top five, and all time three point percentage. Uh, for Thunder players along guys like, you know, Kevin Martin and Anthony Morrow. So yeah, Mike really left his mark on this Thunder team. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just the pick that he lost us to in the bubble, but it was just <laughs> monumentous play. And also he set a precedent for what SGA can do with the stretch five. Cause man, who the offense just looked electric whenever you got oh, yeah. there, like Trey man, Isaiah Joe and Mike all out there was SGA. So yeah, uh, he spoiled me knowing that what SGA can just, he can cook like none other with a stretch five out there. I mean, I don't think it's that surprising that the best on-off numbers are guys like Muscala, Joe, and Lindy Waters this season. And it's, it, I don't really think it's about them. It's about surrounding Shea with shooters, like you said. Um, so, you know, that, that's another element to this. Um, if you have very dry, heavy players, someone like Muscala can definitely help stretch the floor a bit. Um, like, yeah, good, good, good deal. Solid deal overall um, for the Thunder. Um they got that 2029 pick is probably, probably going to be the headliner in this deal. So, like, yeah, good deal. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and the second and the second con- or second trade that the funder made um, today was the one, you know, we all kind of expected. David Baisley was traded to the to the Phoenix Suns for Dario Saric and the second-round pick. Um, I don't think the details that a second-round pick has been made public yet, right? I don't think so. I haven't seen anything. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see what that word I pick is. I think that's really going to determine just how good of a trade this is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is pretty obvious. Bayes has basically been out of the rotation the entire season. He's averaging a career low in minutes. Um, it's his last year of his rookie deal. Um, he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. Um, so I think it was pretty funny that he wasn't going to be on his team. Um, and then Saric uh, is on an expiring deal. He's making nine, $9.2 million this season. Um um, and uh, who knows what his role is going to be? I mean, um, um, I don't know. I mentioned this already, but like Justin Jackson's probably is reportedly going to be waived um, from the funder, which is going to open up a, ro- a roster spot. If that happens, are the funder going to be willing to also waive Dario Sarvich, who's making a lot more money than Justin Jackson when you already have an open roster spot? Who knows? Um, just because of that, I'm assuming Sarvich is going to stay for the rest of the season. Sarvich is also, you know, a more intriguing player than Jackson is. Um, but yeah, Sarge, I mean, um, in 37 games with the Suns, averaged 5.8 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1, 1.5 assists. Pretty decent player, pretty decent guy, forward who can who can stretch the floor a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the Suns, I mean, they they get back a little bit of the, of the depth they lost from the Kevin Durant trade when they lost uh, Michael Bridges and um, Cam Johnson. Um there's there's basically it's basically like a super poor man's version of Mikael Bridges, <laughs> <laughs> a beggar's uh, version of uh, Mikael Bridges, uh, to be precise. Yeah, so the Suns get a little bit of depth there. Bays goes back with Chris Paul, who he had his best season under. We're being honest here, um, and you know maybe Bays can go back to a role that best suits him when it comes to just being. Limited to just catch and shoot shots um, and transition and tra- transition opportunities, um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the deal? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about I think almost every single pod ever since it was announced that Darius Baisley uh, was changing his number to fifty five, so Chet could have seven. Was Darius Baisley's time with the Thunder is running out, <laughs> and I mean, it was true. Overall, I mean, all the the DNPs and low minute uh, games that he's seen, even games wherever the Thunder were just seriously needing a big, and Darius saw zero time on the floor. It, it was pretty pretty evident that Darius uh, wasn't going to get extended. He wasn't going to be in the Thunder's long term future. 
And here we are now. And the, you know, we predicted it right. All of us, most of us, I mean, actually, uh, the Thunder didn't really see a future with Darius Baisley in it. He didn't really fit the play style, didn't fit, you know, what they were building upon. So, uh, I mean, Darius Baisley, he was a tremendous defender, probably one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. Uh, just he he's he can stay vertical. He, he can keep up with his man. I mean, his I've never seen more uh, blocks at the three point line than from Darius Baisley. I mean, he that wingspan of his. I mean, he he's elite, really, when it comes to blocking three point shots and just, you know, standing up against the rim in general, too. So. Outside of that, you know, his offensive game lacks a bit too. So th- that there's some baggage that comes with that. But yeah, it just didn't really, the, the, I guess the Thunder didn't really see him in their game plan for the future. Uh, the, you know, Trey's probably been in the works for a while now. And you get to offload him to a team. I, I think this is a pretty good trade for the Suns in general. Because like you said, they just lost Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder. They're, they're in desperate need for a defensive wing or, you know, power forward regardless. So, I mean, uh, they lost a ton of their depth. So getting a guy like Baisley is pretty, pretty big for them in a way. Uh, you know, all, who else they got over there? Like Torrey Craig. And uh, I'm missing someone off the top of the I know that. But adding Baisley to that, that'll be good for them. So, <clears throat> yeah, Thunder Bay basically just, you know, getting out of uh, – getting a roster spot out of, out of Baisley, an open roster spot, and that second-round pick, all those no details on it yet. Uh, that, that's just the kind of deal you, you kind of expected to get out of Baisley and Dario Saric. I mean, we don't know if he'll be here, you know, for the entirety. We don't know if he's going to get waves or not. Nothing's been said, but uh, I, I think Dario put up like similar numbers to what Mike did so far. So, I mean, it, you're pretty much, you know, just getting a, uh, I don't know, maybe a similar player to what Mike Muscala has done. I mean, he might have, you know, a bit more, you know, uh, of a bag. We don't know, but he's obviously not going to be here for the long-term future. He's on an expiring deal. So that frees up another roster space for your 2023 draft picks as well. Yeah, this, this is basically just uh, this is a trade to get Baisley off the team and a trade to get in some, you know, compensation in return. You know, that's basically what it is. So, yeah, I mean, good luck to Baisley with the Phoenix Suns. I'm sure he'll do, do great there. They're in desperate need for a guy like him. So, yeah, I mean, uh, appreciate his time here. But the Thunder got exactly what they needed out of that trade. No, yeah, I mean, um so assuming that they draft, they they wave Justin Jackson, that's going to open up a roster spot. What do you what do you, what do you just think of that? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see a replay of what we've been seeing the past few years of uh, an open roster spot that's you know pretty much on the turnstile the entire time. You see guys coming in from the G League, or you know eventually maybe they could just sign a guy for the rest of the season like they did Gabby Deck. I mean, you, you don't know, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can one hundred percent just see it being that open slot where you get guys like you know someone from the G League like Jamius Ramsey or. Uh, Gaddy maybe as well. I mean, just a constant turnaround within that spot. Like you saw, like I said, with like Justin Robinson last year or the year before that, I can't remember exactly when, or uh, I'm thinking, uh, but you know, just G League guys or whatever, just coming in and filling up that spot. And the Thunder basically looking to see if they're, you know, maybe you can find a diamond in the rough type there. Doubt it. It's just going to be like the type of thing that we've been seeing in the past. So that's just more turnaround in that spot. It's going to be open and fluid roster spot. You know, I mean, I, I don't really think they're going to do anything with that. I mean, they already got a ton of mouths to feed when it comes to minutes. So, like, why would you add another person into that mix? So, I'm assuming if they do end up uh, waving Justin Jackson, that they're just going to go the rest of the season with just the 16 guys. Um, well, yeah, I mean, um, that's it. interesting to see. Um, Dara Sarvich is a decent, is an intriguing guy. He's been, he's been a good, he was a key part of the Suns. Finals run, if I'm remembering correctly, before he tore his ACL. Um, um, I think he's like, what, 24 years old? So he's yeah. not too old. 26, so, I think. Uh, 26 or 28. Wow. I was off by four years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's all something that he's like, I, I think he might have surpassed or is around Kenrich's age anyway, as the oldest player on the Thunder. Oh, roster. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, I think I saw that tweet as well. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, th- he's probably going to be. He's probably gonna be in the same situation Savi Mahailuk was after the Hamza Diallo trade, where he's just gonna be on the roster for the rest of the season. But like I said, of that, he probably won't be back for the team with the team. Um, like yeah, I mean overall, two solid moves for the Thunder. Um, nothing too crazy. Uh, a little bit shot about the Muscala trade though, especially considering just how much, um, how much the team loved him and all this other stuff. Um, I guess I let the fan base guess like me into thinking he was gonna be the next Nick Collison. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a fight between Kenrich and Dario now. That's exactly how it's going to go. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been clamoring for Muscala to be traded for a couple of years now, not because of, of the guy. I mean, he's super nice, great guy, one of the best players to talk to the media. But like, he just from an objective point of view, it just didn't make any sense for him to be in the roster. I mean, thirty-one years old already, looks like he has chronic ankle in- issues already. Um, he just he just didn't fit the roster in the long run. Um, so it might be a couple of years too late, but the the funder finally decided to flip Muscala for for some draft picks, and like, I'm content with that. And same with the base situation. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, just yeah, I'm glad they got the good opportunities where they can compete. That's always a good. The Thunder always do good by their players. But yeah, th- this is hundred percent team centric. At the same time, they get like open roster space and pick compensation. Not the greatest picks, but you know, it's still those second rounders. Don't I mean they're like money in the NBA. Like this is this trading uh, deadline is a prime example of that. So they're definitely nothing to be fooled with. Yeah, for sure. Um, any final thoughts from the from the deadline? I thought it was really good. I thought Presley did a good job this year. Uh, we haven't really haven't seen much action recently, but they pretty they did everything I I I really liked. I, I really like it. I mean, like I said, it opens up some spots for some young guys next year, and uh, you bring in some more pick compensation, not lose those guys to free agency. You get something out of it. That that seems like a total win to me. It's not like you know flashy or exciting, but you know it's 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 good. I mean, it it shows the 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 directions the team's going in, and I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, what would you grade this deadline for OKC? That's a good question. I'd probably give it like a B, maybe. That sounds pretty fair to me. Yeah, I'd probably give it a C. I mean, nothing too crazy. Um, with the Muscala, I felt like you probably could have gotten a little bit more value from from Muscala these last couple of deadlines, but it's nothing franchise altering. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I'll give it a solid a solid C. I'm just more optimistic than you, Clemente. No. <laughs> No, I'm just a harder professor, man. If you look at my Raymar Purser grades, it's not good, or ratings. <laughs> Been hard on Josh Giddy all year, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, man. But uh, so moving on from the deadline, we got like lots for games to cover. Um, I was thinking we go and from most recent to oldest, just because the most recent one is probably the coolest one to talk about. That's true. Um, the funder, for those who don't know, LeBron James set, set, up, set a record last time, uh, this last, I think, Tuesday. Um, past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points ever scored in league history. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool moment. I mean, before we talk about the game, can you just describe how 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 it was just like watching that game on TV? Uh, first off, the the constant pans to Kareem's face was <laughs> the zoom in <laughs> one was the one that got me, man. The zoom in one, like this is. Did the cameraman the, work the, on Comedy Central? Yeah, I thought it was watching the Eric Andre show for a minute. Like the it was the com- comedic timing was perfect, and uh, Kareem looked like he saw a ghost all night. It was hilarious. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was definitely funny, and they put some pretty good uh, meme material. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But hey, yeah, the watching this game first off. Perfect. This was probably like my basketball fantasy dream here because, I mean, I, I get to watch the LeBron break the all-time record. Uh, it was against the Thunder, the Thunder win. I mean, Thunder, the SJ puts up 30 points in front of what the the uh, the viewer rating was like 3.7 million or something like that. So easily the most watched Thunder game in a while, like a long, long time. So, yeah, this was just, just absolutely a tremendous – Like, I love this game. Uh, LeBron, one of the GOATs, one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, seeing him break this record and just have – man, he, he was nuclear this first half, by the way. I felt like he couldn't miss after a while. I mean, whenever he's, like, bound and determined to get something, he he gets it because, geez. I mean, th- those threes he was swishing and the constant cam, uh, the pans, the cream again after seeing every swish three. I mean, man, it was it was just awesome to watch. He he was dominating, although he got some really he got some complimentary whistles. I got to say I mean, those and ones were pretty light, but hey, deservedly so. I mean, he got the the points. He got the the fadeaway uh, mid range over Kenrich to break the record. And it was just so cool to watch. It really was. I mean, just seeing the moment happen. Uh, although it was weird that they had a cer- ceremony like 10 seconds before the quarter ended. And then they <laughs> seconds and ended the quarter. That was weird to me. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it was just cool seeing the video package highlights, the Nike commercial. That Nike commercial is really cool, by the way. That's really one of the best ones they put out. Uh, just everything about it. It was perfect. Kareem passing down the ball to LeBron as well. LeBron uh, saying fuck on live TV was hilarious as well. And I don't know, everything was just perfect, it felt like. It was just a really fun game to watch. One of the most historic games we're ever going to watch. This is probably the most hyped I've been for a game since Kobe's last game. I remember during that that exact time, too when Kobe was playing against Utah, uh, Golden State was also trying to uh, uh, break the 73, the 70, the Bulls record 72 and 10. I remember going back and forth between TV, watching Kobe in one room and then going to the other room, watching Golden State. It reminded me just like that, just watching something so historic and awesome on the TV. Just a, just an awesome day to be an NBA fan, really. And even better day to be a Thunder fan because, man, they really, they killed it in front of everybody. I mean, they showed, Lakers obviously have been really struggling lately and Thunder really exposed that as well, showing how great of a team they've been. So this was just a perfect game altogether. I loved it, really. Just a dream of mine. No, yeah, LeBron breaking the record was cool. Doing it to the Thunder is pretty cool as well. Um, but the Thunder winning that game, I mean, that, that's gonna be that's gonna be something that the fans are gonna be able to hold on to for for the rest <laughs> of their lives, basically. <laughs> this is gonna be a trivia question. Did LeBron win the game that he broke the all-time record in? Yes or no? <laughs> it's, it's so cool to think about. Like we were just talking too about how the Thunder are all these historical type games. It's really weird to think about, but really interesting too. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, you just feel even though we were watching on on the on a TV screen, you can just feel the energy inside of there. Every time LeBron touched the ball, like the crowd was losing its shit. Um, it was it was like a very very surreal surreal night for sure. And like and the fact that the Thunder, the youngest team in the league, was able to be nonchalant about it, at least on the court. I, I know probably internally they're probably you know geeking out because like how can you not? Like in their exterior, like they're very nonchalant about it. Like, like man, that that's, that speaks a lot about this team. I mean, they play. I think this was like this game had like three million viewers on average, which is the most for a TNT game in at least five years for for non-opening night games, um, non-opening night regular season games. Um, so for the Thunder to, so for the Thunder to go out there in front of and, and being the center of the sports world that night and to out there and just play the brand of basketball and not be over, overwhelmed by the moment or anything like that and win the game I mean and win a close game too I mean that's that, that just speaks, speaks a lot about the type of team Mark Bagnall has been coaching and like just the nerves that they have that they're able to to not be overwhelmed because I feel like most people especially when you're in that you're in the funders age range of like being 24 and younger most teams in that scenario probably would have probably would have caved in to the pressure and like to the amount of people that were paying attention. Um but like yeah, but the funder did it and like it's just it's probably like it's probably the most impressive win in the Mark Daymont era, if I'm being honest. Oh easily. Yeah. No, yeah, it definitely is. And it's it's this game altogether might be like the greatest games ever played by like J Dub, for example. I mean the I mean, just think about it. I mean, before the game, Blue Dort was, you know, listed on injury report. He wasn't going to play. And then Mark says he's going to put J-Dub in the game to start, and his main assignment is going to be LeBron. Not only did he come out to play and, like, defend – I mean, like, pretty much – he played extremely great defense. He ended the game with six steals, first off. I, he played with so much poise. He went 10-19 and 19 and 3-6 from 3. I mean, whew. for a rookie to do that against – and not only like with those situations, like that entire situation altogether, but on the, one of the biggest stages of the NBA this year, in front of all those fans that are cheering for LeBron, and anytime he misses a shot and anytime he gets fouled, he hear boos immediately. That is impressive work. And I feel like it's hard for literally any rookie to do that. For a rookie to do that in the first place is just insane. So, I mean, he, him and Jay Will, Jay Will played one of the best defensive games I've ever seen him play on Anthony Davis. And not only that, he played tremendous offense as well, four or six and two or two from three. So for them to play in such a tough environment, that's going to play huge dividends for them. I mean, they're they're already great right now. But, man, Jada played 40 minutes this game, most out of anybody on the Thunder. I mean, oh, man, the, the, the this game is going to be such a huge – it's going to be so huge for them going forward. It's it just – it really is. I mean, for them to play that well in that environment, it's it's tremendous. But like you know, like Jada's like a huge Laker fan, Kobe Stan or whatever. So if anybody in the roster was gonna be overwhelmed by just the the magnitude of the moment, it it, it probably would have been him. But like like you said, for him to go out there and have 
arguably his best game of the season, scoring 25 points, 7-19 shooting, 7 rebounds, 6 steals. That's just crazy. Um, in his first game at Staples Centers as a pro, I mean, that's – that's crazy to see. I mean, I mean, you you just and like and you you saw reflected on Twitter as well. I mean, literally everybody was talking about just how great J Dub was, how great J Will was, Shay Giddy. Um, it was a super. It was a very surreal moment just seeing all these guys being viewed on a national level. Um, but like yeah, it was a it was a crazy moment. Um, Shay was great as well. Thirty points, eight assists, nine to seventeen shooting, eleven and twelve from the free throw line. Josh Giddy at twenty six and five. Jay will had probably his best game of the season, 14 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, two steals. Um, and then my Muscala in his last game of the Thunder had 16 points, um, four, seven for free. Isaiah Joe was great from outside, 15 points, five to 10 from free. Just an overall great performance from everybody involved. Um, and like just a very impressive win considering the circumstances. Yeah. And all I'm saying is, if Isaiah Joe's going to get in the three point contest, this game's going to be the reason why. I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Anything else that you want? Anything else about this one that you want to talk about? Oh man, I could. I feel like I could talk for hours about how great these guys played. But man, I mean, you really just got to leave it at that. I mean, they just fantastic for everybody. And not only that, the fact that you could get praise out of the other team, the youngest team in the league, during a game where LeBron—it's LeBron's night. <laughs> that's just that's. That's a compliment enough. They didn't talk a lot with the Thunder, obviously. Like I oh, said, oh yeah, <laughs> that was really... funny, man. Yeah. It was literally the game was like secondary. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway, so basketball's being played, but anyway, LeBron James. But yeah, it, it was his night. But every passing moment, you ever you heard some compliment. You heard Stan Van Gundy call Mark Dagnall a consideration for Coach of the Year. You hear him talk about Isaiah Joe being one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And then, obviously, the praise for SGA uh, most throughout most of the game and J-Dub. And the and the post-game interview, too, with SGA, too. That's really, really, really big during a game like this. I mean, just not enough compliments go around. This is probably their best win of the year. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think Mark Dano, I mean, if the team does make a play-in game, I think he kind of showed his hand a little bit as to what his rotation will look like because <laughs> – so, if you just look at look at the look at who played, I mean, all the starters played at least thirty minutes. Um, only three guys off the bench played at least uh, seventeen minutes. Um, so I think just by Mark's rotations in this game, it, it, it kind of had the, the vibes of like a playing playoff game or whatever. So yeah, and like that's that's more about Lou as well. So who knows where he slips into all of this? But like, yeah, I think we got a pretty good idea too. Who Mark ultimately trusts in must win games, even though this wasn't a must win game. Yeah, in his mind, in his head canon, this was a must win game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Made me happy though to see Aaron Wiggins get a bunch of minutes, so we know where his standing is in the pecking order. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, yeah, great win. A um, little bit surprising, you know, this was also Russell Westbrook's last game as a Laker. I heard to be against heard to be against the Thunder is pretty funny. Yeah, I no kidding. He kind of made a run there at the end that scared me a bit. I thought they were about to come back. <laughs> yeah. And like, man, Anthony Davis, like, what was up with that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. He was off all night, really. I, I feel like the literally the entire game, you just heard Stan Van Gundy say, Anthony Davis has got to play better than this. <laughs> yeah, he was he was invisible in the court, which is not what you want from someone who's supposed to be, like, your second best player. <laughs> <laughs> like, J-Will, oh, I think. I think oh, he outplayed him. <laughs> oh, he definitely outplayed him. He had him locked up the entire night, it felt like. And, uh, man, J-Lo made so many impacting plays, so many cr- – a critical charge. He took a charge from LeBron. That's That takes guts, I got to say. I would never do that in my life. But he got the, resp- the respect of LeBron, too. Uh, dapped him up afterwards, uh, fist bumped him and everything. So, yeah, just yeah, – that's going to pay huge dividends for him. Yeah, he got, like, a lot of attention, too. Um, well, yeah, deal has been great, man. I mean – you know, kind of going back to the Muscala trade and Baisley trade. I mean, you trade those two guys away partially because you want to give guys like Gabe Will more minutes the rest of the season, and like deservingly so, how he's played over the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I I want to see more. I you know when JRE comes back, I want to see how they you know mesh on the court. I mean, the new the new J Will, and you know whatever JRE's at at this point. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Um. But yeah, I mean, moving on to the to the second game we'll talk about. Um, yeah, we have to not, <laughs> not 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 as spectacular as the Lakers game, um, to say the least. 
Uh, <clears throat> in the first night of this back-to-back, the Thunder went to Golden State, and they got blown out. But they put it nicely. 141-114. Clay Thompson was vintage Clay, as Michael Cole would say. Uh, 42 points, 15-22 shooting, 12-16 from three. Man, and Jordan Poole had 21 points, 12 assists. Um, really good game from Clay. Um, it just seems like Clay kills the thunder <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> I, I, I think he's like 16 of 30 for free now in both games against against the, against OKC, which is crazy to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, remember when remember those couple seasons where everybody thought Clay was washed? Yeah, man, I miss those times now. I really do. I dream yeah, about. I mean, I yearn for those days. Yeah, he's fully back in it, it looks like, at least against OKC. But, like, yeah, 141, 114, 141 points in regulation. That's that's not good. Um, uh-huh. I, the Warriors were able to use a 44-point third quarter to, like, really blow this game open, um, which is what the Thunder usually do. I think they're, like, one of the best. Net, they have, like, one of the best net ratings in the third quarter. Um, but, like, yeah, ugly loss. Um one of the worst losses of the season, if I'm being honest. Um, really, I mean, outside of like Aaron Wiggins, who had like 19 points on 8 of 10 shooting as a starter, really not a whole lot else more to talk about in terms of like individual performances. I mean, Shea had 20 points, but on 6 of 16 shooting. Josh Kitty had 15 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. Trey Mann had 18 points on 8 of 17 shooting. Just a just a pretty quiet night from an individual level outside of Wiggins, um, but yeah, what were your thoughts from this loss? Yeah, I feel like Clay would be like eighty five, and uh, he could suit up and destroy the Thunder at any point of his of his lifetime. That's just how it's going to be. I think. I mean, he he's he's destined to kick our ass no matter what what year, what season, regardless. He he's going to go out there and put in his all against this team. Man, six years counting, six, seven years, I don't know. It's just constant heartache every single time. He could not miss. He really couldn't. I mean, you can blame moving screens all you want, but, man, that's just pure talent from Clay. He really is just – he just annihilates us every single time. Uh, obviously, I don't think losing – I mean, Lou Dort not being in this game obviously didn't help. Uh, I, their defense around the perimeter especially has dipped a bit since he's uh, – you know, been riddled with that hamstring injury, but yeah, this was just piss poor, piss poor defense all night. Uh, I mean, even Jordan Poole, five for ten. Even though Jordan Poole did push J Dub midair, I'm still surprised that wasn't. Oh, yeah, that was wild. But uh, yeah, just a really, just really poor play all around. Uh, they, they first quarter, I, they they did pretty good to start out the first quarter. They came out with a pretty big run. Uh, they they obviously wanted to set a a, a tone after last Warriors game. Uh, they didn't want to be rattled the first go around, and they weren't until they eventually did get rattled. And Clay just like killed them the entire night after that. Clay played to like what four minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, even though they were killing us by like thirty anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it there was effort. Aaron Wiggins played uh, his ass. <laughs> he was great. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, I mean, Shea was locked up. The Warriors really do have the formula. Uh, for locking up Shea, they 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 played great defense on Shea all night. They really did, and uh, yeah, they they did a really good job of just limiting him and Giddy and even J Dub as well the entire night, just making him almost non-factors in a way. But uh, yeah, I mean, what more can you do? The Warriors like the ninth or eighth straight win against the Thunder. Uh, so th- this has just become sort of a, a, the regular so far. I mean, I, I think once I mean, you just got to get around this. Uh, you, you can't really mope too much. You play them like what one more time this year, I think. Uh, so yeah, definitely two gotta, more times. Two more times. You got two more times to play them this year. Uh, don't want to be rattled again, but you know, it's always going to be hard to stop uh, the Warriors who you know th- their core three have been there forever. Uh, Curry didn't play this game, but he'll he'll be back by the time they play him again. So. Yeah, just overall, just not a great game. You don't want to ever see them get blown out. You got to play better. I mean, I know they're a very, you know, they're a really good team. They shoot great, but you just got to play better defense in this altogether. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can't like you know accept this outcome another two more times. So yeah, just better play all around as we need. I know losing Lou was pretty big, but they're missing Steph. So I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about we were talking about just how well OKC played in the brightest lights against the Lakers, and we were very complimentary about how composed they were. But like both of these Warriors games this season, it's been the exact opposite. I think it's pretty clear watching both games which one 
despite them being pretty close to each other in the standings, it's pretty clear which of these teams is a dynasty and like which of these teams is the youngest team in the league. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, it speaks a lot on the Thunder that, you know, that they're able to keep their composure during the moments like that. I think it also speaks a lot on the Lakers that they were able to lose in such a <laughs> such a positive environment. But yeah, the Warriors, they get they get their job done. Steve Kerr is a great coach. He's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. He's going to he is one of the greatest coaches ever. Uh, and this Warriors core is one of the greatest cores to ever play basketball. And not only that, you got uh, Andrew Wiggins as well, who's been locking up Shea for the past few games as well. And uh, just great bench production from guys like Dante DiVincenzo as well. And uh, Jermichael Green, when he came in, he never really plays at all. Yeah, Thunder legend. Yeah, yeah, Thunder legend Jermichael Green. Uh, came in there and just babied the Thunder the entire night. <laughs> Five for seven, two for three. There was a uh, one moment where I didn't think they were going to call the travel, but like he literally just backed up Mike Muscala with his back and just went in for like the Shaquille O'Neal dunk. So I mean, yeah, whenever he he wanted to make the most of his minutes while he was out there, and he really did. So yeah, tough night all around. But you know, the Warriors they're just they're they're a different. They're really a different monster. They really are. I 100% believe that it's just a mental thing with the Warriors. I mean, I know they might say they might not, but like just by reading their body language and how uncharacteristic they play against the Warriors in both of these games compared to how they played and they're and literally the other games of their season, um, it's, it definitely feels like a little bit of a mental thing. And I mean, I think it's understandable. I mean, most of these guys are like around our age range on the Thunder roster. And like I was at the game and like, as a media member, that was the first time where I was like a little starstruck or shell shark or whatever, seeing the Warriors whenever they were warming up um, in OKC. Um, and that's the first time that's ever happened to me as, as a media member. Um, so <laughs> I can only imagine how, how these guys were feeling playing against these guys in a game. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, just they've been, you know, the standard in basketball for – years now so yeah i mean just being face to face with your idols like that it's got to be not just that, that, that it takes a lot to try and you know find a way to win after that yeah for sure but i mean the fun i got to i mean maybe it won't happen this season but eventually i feel yeah. like you know once they get enough experience and once they're old enough they'll be able to get over this but like this season it's pretty obvious that it's a problem and like i don't really see it changing in these last couple of meetings with the season in terms of in terms of it being in their head. Oh, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, bad loss. Um, pretty ugly game. Um, any other thoughts from this loss? Uh, yeah, I mean, Clay will live my nightmares. That's pretty much it. Yeah, dude, Clay's been killing LPC since we were in middle school. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he'll be killing the Thunder when we're in our 80s, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that, um, so moving on to Alaska, we'll talk about a little bit more positive. Um, the Thunder finally got over uh, being of uh, the Rockets or whatever um, in a 153-121 win. Um, before this game, the Thunder were 1-5 against the Rockets in the last two seasons. Um, but it was pretty obvious that concerning what the players were saying heading into this game and all, about how they kind of let one slip against Houston in the previous meeting, it was pretty obvious that that they wanted to send a message that look, we're better than the Rockets. We're the better young core, and like, and like they really proved it in this game, um, at <laughs> least for this night. <laughs> but yeah, Shea was great. Shea probably had his best game of the season. I mean, forty-two points in three quarters. That's that's crazy. And not only forty-two points, but like forty-two efficient points. Like fourteen to twenty-three shooting, fourteen to fifteen from the free throw line, six assists. Just an awesome game from Shea. Arguably his best performance of the season. Um, Josh Kitty was great as well, 17 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. Um, Isaiah Joe was great, 18 points, 6 of 10 shooting, 5 of 8 from free off the bench. Mike Muscala was great, um, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 5 of 8 from free. Um, quite the departing gift from Muscala in his last <laughs> few games. <laughs> and talking about Mike during these games is like talking about a past family member who died. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, man. Um but yeah, I mean, great win. 153 points, franchise record for most points scored in a game. <laughs> I heard that being regulation is wild. Oh um, there is Baisley set the record <laughs> with a bank free, like a long bank free. Um, it's probably his biggest contribution this season, honestly. Oh my God. 
<laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> okay, okay, go on, keep going. Um, Aaron Williams was great, nine points. But yeah, I mean, great win, exciting win. It was nice to see the Rocket or the Thunder finally be uh, an inferior team. Um, but yeah, man, the Rockets, the Rockets were not good. <laughs> no, awful. I was sorry. I'm still laughing at the Basley comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh uh, man, but like, yeah, I mean, outside of Josh Christopher and Ty Ty Washington, everybody else is this, or Tyree Eason as well. Everybody else is pretty bad in this game for the Rockets. Oh, yeah. hey, hey, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. I, oh, my first thought was uh, no coincidence this happened. Uh, Jalen Green's first game back against the Thunder. Hmm. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> are no, you? <laughs> no, I'm not. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, anyway, the the Rockets, SGA played so good that he's like single handedly outscored the Rockets in the first quarter. The Thunder had 38, SGA had 20, and the Rockets had 19. That's just wild to think about. I can't. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. Uh, it's pretty obvious the Thunder like really overlooked the Rockets every time they play them. They don't play to their ability, and they play they play them like they're you know the worst team in the league every single time, and they get killed for it. So, like you said, this time around they had to prove something. SJ went nuclear. He was out by the third quarter. And the rest of the guys, I mean, this was just up until the Lakers game. This is some of like the best uh, basketball played by the Thunder, really. Uh, Mike went crazy. Like, like, you know, like we're talking about, he was seven for 10, five of eight. Uh, Baisley was great too, like you talked about. Jay Will played fantastic as well while he was out there. Uh, Isaiah Joe, man. I feel like the Rockets would have nightmares by Isaiah Joe after this game. Uh, he was six for ten and five of eight from three as well. I mean, just oh, just a killer night from everybody. Everyone made an impact at some point. Uh, well, you had like six guys in double figures this game, and you were really close to having nine guys in double figures all together. Usman did pretty great while he was out there. I thought three for seven, five of I mean not five of nine. Um, going off the other guy, but uh, three of the seven and two for five from three. Uh, played some good defense while he was out there too. So overall, the Thunder just. Yeah, they, they played like they were the better team, and they they really are. <laughs> and so I'm just glad they they played up to their competition for once. And uh, whew, stinker from the Rockets. I mean, they didn't make a three till like the, almost the, well, the second, like the end of the second quarter or the beginning of the third. I can't remember exactly when, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about the Rockets, <laughs> really. Uh, Jalen Green made a couple of nice threes, but that was really pretty much it after that. Tari, Tari Eason is probably their most consistent player on their team. He just plays fantastic every single time. Ty Ty Washington, I don't know why they don't play him more. Uh, that really makes no sense to me. Uh, they still play guys like Josh Christopher and Dash and Knicks who really don't do much. But, you know, Ty Ty, he was great. 9-16, 2-7. So, yeah. If there's anyone on the Rockets, I'll compliment. It's Tari and Ty Ty. So, they, they were great. But outside of the Rockets, I mean, outside of that, the Rockets showed why they are the worst team in the league this game. Like, this was a stinker. Yeah, Albert Jangoon was held in check. He only played 15 minutes. Uh, he was in foul trouble all night, finished with four fouls uh, at the end of the first half. Um, hey, big credit to Jay Will, by the way. He did a great job on him, too, just forcing those uh, offensive fouls on Albert and Shingu. Yeah, for sure. He didn't let Shingoon bully him in the post um, either, so very limited his game, uh, which was the complete opposite of the first game between these two, where Shingoon was basically doing whatever he wanted. Um, Jabari Smith was a non-factor. Jalen Green was a non-factor. Like, yeah, man, it's it's not looking good. It was not a good game for either of those guys. I mean, the Rockets, <laughs> Rockets might be above average when it comes to the margin picks with, like, Shingun and Tai Tai and Josh Christopher and Tyree Easton. But, like, when it comes to the money picks and Green and Jabari, like, it, it didn't look good, at least not for this game, like I said. Yeah, and uh, this is Green's second year, so, you know, but still. I We've seen a lot of guys in their second year step it up a bit, like Mobley and Wagner and Josh Giddy as well. So, yeah, it's just – it hasn't it hasn't been great. <laughs> and it looks like – I mean, I, I'm going to put a lot of that on the coaching staff too. And, you know, supposedly the GM has a lot of say with the coach and how he does his rotations, whatever – it's 100% on the Rockets for their number one, like you said, their money picks, just lacking. Like, the coaching staff has done nothing to help them whatsoever. So, it's just – it's a mess over there. It really is. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think Jabari is going to get a chance to play with, I think, Josh getting in J-Dub in the Rising Stars game, I think. So, that's going to be interesting to see. I, I might, it'll probably be a nice change of pace for Jabari. <laughs> bad for Jabari like he's gonna go to like a full full course buffet and then have to go back to you know starving with the Rockets after that that's oh, like yeah <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. It'll be you cool. have this, but you're not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Shea was great. I mean, were you surprised Mark didn't let Shea go for 50? I think he could have got it pretty easily in the fourth. Oh, yeah. He probably would have got 60 if he played the entire game. I wouldn't doubt that. Shea, literally, all the entire night, Shea was bullying everybody. I feel bad for Jabari, too, because Shea, like, he outmuscled him pretty much the uh, in the post. So it was, uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't pretty for the Rockets. But yeah, it doesn't shock me that Mark uh, sat him out for the third quarter. That's just how Mark is, too. You know, didn't want to, you know, if, if the game is well out of reach, then he's going to play, you know, he's going to set out his guys and prepare him for the next game anyway. So. Makes sense. That's happened before many times. Josh getting close to a triple double or whatever, and then he sits him out for the rest of the night if they're well within reach. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, Mark is anti fun confirmed. <laughs> Haven't talked to him about that, Clemente. No. <laughs> no, but like yeah, I mean I was a little bit shocked. I mean, I think we all knew that Shea was getting close to fifty. And like I know Shea said after the game that he doesn't really pay attention to that, but like, come on. <laughs> You can't have a box score sheets after every quarter. Like, <laughs> I did not see how much, how many points he had. <laughs> I, I, bet, I bet he was fully aware. But yeah, he it's was just crazy. Points, Clemente. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if he was on Rockets, they probably let him get fifty. Oh man, they 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 pray for someone to hit fifty on their team. <laughs> Come on, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. has one fifty point game too. His name. Oh yeah, that, actually, that makes him better than Shea. I think so. I probably should. <laughs> No, but like, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed they didn't let Shea get fifty. Um, but that's 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 not that's not a serious issue or whatever for me. Um, right. But yeah, fun win, great win. Their second one hundred fifty point plus game in the last month, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, the Thunder rocking. I think they had what <laughs> they had thirty nine assists of their fifty six made baskets. That's that's a crazy number. Um, but yeah, great win for the Thunder for sure. Um, any other thoughts from this one? I mean, more basketball like this, pretty much. I mean, just great. Yeah, that's the bar. 150 points, or or Thunder's not going to be happy. Exactly. I set that bar at the Celtics game, so I'm glad they surpassed that. <laughs> I was surprised they got to 150. Man, I think there was like like in the 130s for a little bit there, but like, they got hot there at the near the end of the fourth quarter. Man, thank God for that. I'll say that if we could set a record against anybody, then yeah, it was the Rockets for me. So I'm, I, I am thoroughly satisfied. No, I think this is, I think this, I think this is arguably more shameful than if you see losing by seventy three against the Grizzlies. Like to give up one hundred fifty three in regulation, being mostly healthy, that's that's crazy. At least the Thunder have the excuse that Shane Giddy are out. Like that's man, weird. this is. This, Not is, this is bad. <laughs> Not no, like they talked about like OKC's seventy-three point loss was like this was probably really bad, at least to me. Yeah, they, well, they were only missing KPJ and they had Jalen Green. They had all their top picks playing this game, so yeah, not not great. Yeah, embarrassing loss. Um, but anything else from this one you want to talk about? I was thoroughly happy. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> You're happy like Shangun said. <laughs> All right, then. So so um, to wrap up the pod, I guess we'll wrap up with uh, Twitter questions. Yep. So posted out a question earlier about if you guys had any questions regarding the trade deadline. So I think we're going to go ahead and start out with the uh, Twitter ones. Then we'll move our way to the Reddit ones, one that there. So first question we got is from at Shay up next. And the, the next is spelled with a three instead of an E. So. Uh, follow him there if you want to. Uh, why did we not go get Macau Bridges, and who will the Thunder go after this offseason? Um, well, I mean, all right, they gave Macau Bridges. Whose minutes is he going to be taking away? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Like, I know, like, I, I see that a lot where when the fans are kind of are, are are hoping that the Thunder gets someone who can help win now and who's like uh, a ready now player, but like, whose minutes are they taking away? Are, are they taking away J Dub? Jay Wills, Usman's, um, Jeremiah's, Chet's. Like, there's already, like, a ton of guys on the roster that you got to prioritize. And, like, it just doesn't make any sense right now to, to trade for someone like Nicola Bridges, who I'm pretty sure he's already on a second contract, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it just it just doesn't make any sense right now. It's probably, like, a, a year or two too early 
Um, and like, yeah, he's making 20 million, 21 million, 23 million, 25 million these next few seasons. It just, it just doesn't make any sense to tie up all your cap on, on bridges when you have other guys that play at the same spot who could potentially be better on cheaper salary. Yeah. And not only that, I think Dort plays a similar role. He's not anywhere near Mikhail Bridges, I don't think. <laughs> but uh, especially like, you know, three point shooting wise. I mean, but yeah, he play, I mean, Dort pretty much plays a similar role to what Bridges does right now. So, I mean, the Thunder aren't going to be competing right now. Uh, I mean, obviously the play in, the play in stuff is really appetizing, but like, <laughs> no matter who you added this team, they're not going to take down like the Mavericks or the Suns, especially now. I mean, or Golden State. We can't even take it down Golden State in the regular season. So, I mean, I mean, just just, just trying to beef up, beef up right now for a run is just kind of it's pointless, really. So, yeah, making a move like this doesn't really make any sense to me right now. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, well, I mean, the second part of that question is: Do you see who do you want the Thunder to get in the off season? I think is what the next question is. Oh, nobody in particular. I'm being honest. Like whoever to draft in the 2023 draft, and like if that's all, if, if those are the only additions to the roster, uh, I'll be content with that. Um, you know, like I said, I know they have like a ton of room in, in cap space this summer, um, but you know, you gotta. You got to focus on who you have on the roster right now and see what you got in them. Um, like, yeah, I don't think this is a summer to make trades, to make one out trades. I'm thinking it's probably next summer. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Uh, but next question on Twitter is from Topher, longtime listener, by the way, at TopherB560. So give him a follow. Great guy. Uh, first question is uh, most surprising moves of this deadline. Well, probably the Kevin Durant trade, right? I mean, that's probably the obvious one. We talked about it a little bit. I mean, like you said, like like I said earlier, like I don't think anybody of Durant's caliber has ever been traded in the trade deadline. So, just based off of that, I mean, you know, I think you got to give Durant to Durant. No, yeah, I totally agree. Like, <laughs> I was about to go to sleep too that night. Like, it was like what twelve thirty, I think, is when it happened, and. Uh, Immediately, the, the little banner came up of what said breaking. I was like, oh, shit, what's going down? And then there it was. Like, man, I, I couldn't believe it. I really thought they were going to play that out to the offseason at least. But, you know, man, that really caught me off guard. Yeah, the Nets, man. That's, I mean, when the All-Star Stars were announced, the Nets had two guys in the starting lineup. Like, that was only, like, a couple weeks ago. I'm like, now they have, <laughs> now they have nobody. Like, it's crazy. Just how quickly this all fell apart. And they had a really, I don't know, the whole direction of the Nets right now is so confusing to me. <laughs> they made like like win-now moves with the, the Kyrie trade, getting Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. And then they trade Katie, and they get guys like Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. And I don't know. The Nets make like zero sense to me right now. So I don't know what the hell's going on over there. Yeah, the Nets are, are a shit show. They really are. Like... Man, every like every year they make. If you're the Nets, you just don't make a big trade, regardless. I mean, the, it's all cursed after trading for KG and Paul Pierce. But yeah, uh, what were you saying? Sure, I was about to say like they're kind of a cautionary tale when it comes to like making all-in moves. Um, oh. So you know that, that's 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 probably like an extreme case with the Nets. But like you got to keep that in mind with the Thunder when you talk about them making an all-in move right now. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> don't want to ever end up like that. Like, oh, God. Uh, but the next question he has is, uh, who are the big winners of the deadline? Oh, I mean, I hate to say this, but, man, the Clippers added some pretty good staff and, and guys on their team. And not only that, they're probably not even done either. Like, the whole uh, buyout market, too, like with Westbrook or whoever else. Yeah, for sure. Um, they got who? Bones Highland, Eric Gordon. Um you sure about the egg, Eric, crediting Eric Gordon here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they got a Plumlee, too. Yeah, yeah. Mason? I think it's Mason Plumlee, right? Or Miles? That's eh, one of them. I think it's pretty much the same. No, the, no yeah, it's Mason, the better one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those, those those three solid rotation pieces to your playoff rotation, and, like, they all kind of they all kind of play different positions as well, so there's not, uh, there's not like, redundancy with that. Um like I hate, I hate to say it, but like I feel like the Clippers are probably a big winner in, in the deadline. The Suns as well, obviously, because we got Kevin Durant, Kevin fucking Durant. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, that's an obvious one. 
Um, yeah, Mavericks getting Kyrie, that's pretty big. Getting the second guy next to Luca. Oh man, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly think the Mavs are like one of the biggest losers to that. Really? Cause, just because of because of Kyrie. <laughs> that makes sense. I yeah, I agree. Oh uh, man, who else? Who do, who would you say are the biggest losers? How about that? Oh well, I guess that's the next question anyway. Who are the biggest losers of the deadline? The biggest losers. Hmm. Miami Heat. Yeah, Miami. Um, I still can't believe they did nothing. That's kind of wild to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the Lakers really – I think the Lakers, all they did was – I feel like most of the Lakers' moves were lateral moves. <laughs> like, I mean, like nothing I see so many people propping it up, but, like, we all know D'Lo. I mean, come on. We, we know yeah. – I mean, he's going to add a little bit more wins. He's going to make it a little bit more easier. But, like, th- does a move getting D'Angelo Russell really compare to, like, getting a KD, getting a Kyrie, getting – adding – I mean, adding to the roster that the Clippers have right now. I mean, are they even the best team in L.A. right now? No, not at all. So, I just – like you said, I agree hundred percent with that. No, but um, I mean the Nets are probably the biggest loser. That's probably an easy one as well. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that those are really the top names that come to mind. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of anybody else to be honest. Uh, the Rockets made interesting moves. <laughs> I really don't understand what they were doing. Mostly, they got John Wall back for some reason. But I know they're going to buy him out. But that was. That was just hilarious to see in uh, real time. Yeah, for sure. Um, with these titles and the Blazers for whatever reason. I thought. Uh, wait, what were you saying? I said Matisse Teibel is in Portland now for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Portland's they, just stuck, dude. Portland's just fine being in the middle. They really are. They're content. It's interesting. Uh, I think it's funny that Dame said he wanted Lou Dort on the team, and they got like a Dollar General Lou Dort. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, who else was I going to say? Utah. Uh, I really don't understand Utah's moves, to be honest. They got like a really light pick from the Lakers, and they sent out, they sent out like really nice talent too, like Beasley and Vanderbilt. And uh, I don't know. I feel like they could have got more. I don't know. Yeah, they probably could have gotten more out of those two players. Yeah, that was just. I'm gonna I'm gonna call them a loser for that only. But like, they got 15 first round picks now. They're I mean, OKC is obviously first and they're second, but yeah, I I, didn't, I think they could have done better. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, Topher's next question is thoughts on Presti and company's trades. Uh, we already talked about that one anyway, so. Yeah, listen to the pod. <laughs> and uh, bold take for an off-season trade for the Thunder. Oh, man. Bold take. Trey, man? Hmm. That's a pretty good one. I could see that. I I don't know how bold that is, but yeah, I mean, Trayman has had the best season. He he's kind of the odd man out when it comes to like how to fun to play offense. Um, he he could definitely be a, a good change of scenery guy. Um, like yeah, that's probably not super bold, but like that's probably as as bold as I'll go. Blue Dort. Oh wow, that's even that's colder than mine, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I'm 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 going extremely bold with this one. Uh, I don't know who they'd get out of it, but I feel like if anyone's going to get traded, I feel like Sam Presti might have something uh, in the works, maybe for a Ludor deal potentially. I mean, you know, I know friendship's pretty big with these guys. Like I know Sam probably wants to keep them together, but you know, trading Baisley after all that, SJ was close with him. I think he. You know, trading a guy like Baisley, he'd have no problem trading a guy like Lou Dort. But I feel like he can get some good value out of him, too. So uh, I, I guess it just depends on, you know, him, uh, what he thinks of the roster. But I feel like it's pretty possible. I really do. Yeah, I mean, um, he also has the biggest contract on the team outside of Shea. So that probably opens up a lot more trade partners and opportunities. Um, like, yeah, your, your, yeah, your prediction blows mine out the water. <laughs> I gotta one up you and say like Shay or whatever. <laughs> Shay for Pascal Siakam and OG? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Who says no? <laughs> oh man. Well, that's it for the uh, Twitter questions. We'll move on to Reddit. We got I think f- three or four. Yeah, three. So uh, first one from Dave West twelve. Convince us moving Moose for trash seconds was a good idea. I just listened to the pot earlier. Yeah, pretty <laughs> that's really the answer. Yeah, 
There's, yeah, like he said, just listen earlier. You'll find out. Uh, anyway, uh, Soby Scanium Scudum, I think is how you say his name. Uh, what role can you see Baisley play with the Suns? This is the first part of the question. Uh, I think we talked about this a little earlier as well. Oh, where... Okay, keep going. Never mind. Sorry. It's part of the question. Never mind. I was going to say, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier as well. Um, he'll probably fit in. He'll probably fit the the rotation forward minutes um, and play a little bit of a hybrid role that Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson played. And probably similar world to like what Jay Crowder played for the Suns the last couple of seasons. Um, I doubt he'll be a starter, but like, if I be like, what, top 10 in the rotation, um, I probably expect a similar role to how he was used in his rookie season, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that. And, uh, you know, he's got Chris Paul on that team, too. He played with him in that rookie season as well. They they already have good chemistry as it is, so I could definitely see that. They just needed a, a good defensive depth after losing all of it, really, in the trade to get KD. I mean, yeah, I'm losing a guy like Macau Bridges, I mean, that's huge. And then losing Cam Johnson, who was also a pretty big part of their team, that's that's also a big loss. So, you know, adding guys that could sort of, you know, add up to that value. I mean, Baisley's the type of guy who can do that. And like I said, he's been great defensively for the Thunder. So, you know, backing up KD, playing some nice defense off the bench. I mean, he, he could become an important piece potentially. You don't know. Uh, offensively, you know, he's obviously going to need a slap taken up, but – that's where KD comes in. He's like the greatest offensive player we've ever seen. So, yeah, I mean, there really shouldn't be too much worry about that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the next question. Uh, oh, wait, this is the same guy, by the way, uh, which is the second parter. Uh, so I think it's talking about Baisley, actually. Uh, his off – he said off-field, but off-court stuff or his lack of progress, he seemed committed to being a team man. I guess he's talking more like – hmm. I'm let me try and understand this question real quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's okay. I'll read it off entirely. What role can you see Baisley play with the Suns, greater or lesser with the Thunder? Do you think it was surplus to requirements, his off-field stuff, or his lack of progress? He seemed committed to being a team man. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what 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 they're asking with that, but uh, Bays, you know, for for all the problems fans have with Bays off-court personality and all that stuff i mean he's pretty well beloved in the locker room i think everybody loves i think everybody on the team love base um or a high opinion on him and you know to his credit as well he was a team player all season long he could have easily told the team that he's not gonna report to the team and to trade him whenever they can um but instead he was a team player showed up to every game was a was 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 a constant supporter on the bench and whenever the team needed someone, whenever the team needed him to play, he did a pretty good job for the most part. Um, but like, yeah, our opinion, like fans' opinions of Bays and like the team's opinion of Bays are like pretty, pretty different. Yeah, and you know, just you know, how he played on the Thunder too. I mean, he like he played great. It just, it's just a matter of fit at the end of the day too. Like he really didn't really fit the plans of what the Thunder wanted going forward, and there were guys ahead of him. It played the same position that they obviously valued a little bit more. So, I mean, just extending him, that really didn't make any sense for him. So, you know, that's how you end up with, you know, situations like this. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, the next question is uh, from Stunning Spell 7015. What year is the second round pick in the Sarge trade? Uh, we have no idea. <laughs> yes, that was been reported. So keep an eye out for that. And, uh, we'll know find- when you know. Oh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, we'll know when you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's it. That's all. The, that's all the questions we got. All right, then. So thank you guys for listening. Um, please like, share, subscribe to the pod. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll talk again soon.